All right, everybody, welcome to B.O. Boys for Thursday, October 27th. Fuck it, it's a raw feed. We're doing it live. I'm Clayton. Yeah, I'm Pat. And Clayton, it is the spooky season at the box office. Horror movies are all people care about right now. So we had to go and get an expert. We had to go and get our horror correspondent for the for the B.O. Boys. You know him, you love him, you remember him from an episode uh, back in the day. And he is the host of the very popular New Flesh podcast. Give it up for Brett from the New Flesh podcast. Brett, thanks for being on the show. Hey, thank you so much for having me. It's great to be here. Um, All right. Before we get into talking about what's coming out this weekend, let's talk the state of horror right now. Because you are the horror guy. The New Flesh is the horror podcast. You cover new movies every week you cover news you, you get into it there's not a horror movie that goes into production that the new flesh isn't aware of you you stay on top of everything so we try to yes thank you so what is your take right now on just horror at the box office in general what is the state of horror uh the state of horror is great uh as we say on the podcast the hashtag horror lifestyle is strong right now. Everybody is living it. It's for me, it is deja vu is happening. It happens every year (laughs) around any time a horror movie does well at the box office. There's like this. I feel like there's a lot of prognosticating. Of course, the people that know their shit always, you know, report on it correctly. But I feel like there's always this incorrect sense of uh, everyone going like being surprised, I guess, yep. by like, oh, wow, this horror movie is doing well at the box office. Can you believe it? And my answer is, I mean, yes, of course I can. It happens every year. Like clockwork, horror movies deliver at the box office. This year is definitely particularly strong. We had Barbarian, which had I would say that was a not quite as like unprecedented a run as, say, a Terrifier 2 is having, but a very impressive run from Barbarian. A very impressive run for Smile, mm-hmm. which was supposed to be Paramount Plus fodder, and is now I don't even I don't have the worldwide numbers in front of me. I'm sure we'll get to it, but they're insane. It's like 200 million already or yeah. something. It's it's inching up there. It's and you you nailed it that everyone's always surprised. It, it, it's like whenever a movie with a woman in a lead role does well, yep. and then every report is, "Wow, do you believe that this could be a thing?" Like people don't. I mean, the same thing in movies exactly, and like the woman king in particular, and like uh, black led films always happens. Yep. They always like cannot believe when a movie with a black cast does well, even though. They write the same articles every fucking two years when there is one right. that does well. Right. Uh, does well enough to write one. It is just, yeah. So deja vu, horror lifestyle, stronger as ever. I mean, it definitely feels like it's a moment, right? But like there was that moment. Remember when it opened fucking huge right. and we were all blown away by that? Like it, it consistently, horror will always do well at the box office. And I always complain that in October, this is the time when, of course, there should be a ton of stuff coming out. And this year, I feel pretty well served by what's out and what's been out. And uh, Pray for the Devil does feel like a last minute, not like a Hail Mary, because that would imply like it's impressive mm-hmm. <laughs> in, a, in a better way than I want to say. But it feels like, a, well, we need something out on Halloween. Easy money. Mm-hmm. Get a horror movie out on Halloween, we got to do it. It doesn't matter what it is. And we get Pray for the Devil, a movie that is like barely on anybody's radar, I feel like, unless you do this for a living. <laughs> I don't know if the marketing exists and I'm just not seeing it, but I really haven't seen much of it. I, I feel um, like we, Clayton and I have said we've seen trailers for this for a long time. Okay. In-theater like, marketing has been happening for a very long time. So if you go see wow. movies... You will see this. That bodes well for the box and office. And especially because of the quality of the films we've seen this trailer in front of. Barbarian. We saw it in front of Smile. Yeah. We saw it in front of uh, Terrifier 2. So you're seeing these quality horror movies. And if you're seeing that movie, you're going to want more horror. And so you're going to see Pray for the Devil. And you're going to think, you know, I'll take a flyer on this. Why not? I'll give it a shot. It just, I have a question. Did you guys see Terrifier at an AMC? We yes. did. Oh, yeah. So you got to see the fucking Nicole Kidman ad play. Absolutely. And then Terrifier yes. 2 started. We, we, we said to each other, I wonder if they're going to do it 
if you know this because I mean that <laughs> will they dare will, will yeah. they you know I, there's the, since they started it I've never seen a movie at AMC where they didn't show it but sometimes it's a truncated version but it's always there. I've never seen a truncated version I've only oh, really? I've yeah, never seen the shortened version oh that's so interesting there's definitely like it must be 15 seconds versus 45 or 60 oh wow or it, it's like there's a version where they cut out there's a version that I think they stopped using because they shortened it and they cut out the one line that became like the rallying cry mm. of everybody. They heartbreak cut, feels heartbreak, yeah, uh, different yes. in a place like this. Yeah. So I feel like once that got out, that that was like the, the thing people were saluting. They were like, we got to put it back in. So I feel like the short may have been short, uh, short lived. Right. Actually. I mean, it would be like yeah. putting out a terrifier two that is rated R, you know, why, don't give us the the the, yeah, the exactly. uh, you know the shortened version of the Nicole Kidman. Era. We want the unrated full version. Well, Billy Ray, the writer of that of that, I want to say ad, I guess, uh, but it's kind of yeah. become more than just an ad. Uh, <laughs> yes. He said that was his the favorite thing he's ever wrote was that line. His heartbreak feels good in a place like this. It's evocative. Yeah, I like. Yeah. It. Um, but we, yeah, we did say, I wonder if they're going to show it, you know, or Nicole Kidman. What maybe if they, had some what if they of, shot a version with, with art, the clown? I mean, here, here's, here's <laughs> Clayton and I, you know, there's a box Use office. Use some of that money. They should do it yes. now. There's a box office podcast, but Clayton and I also love the Oscars. And we talk a lot about like, what should the Oscars do this year? <laughs> and we've both said they're out of their minds if they don't open with some version of the Nicole Kidman AMC ad that has to be in the cold open, get Billy Crystal walking through it, whatever you got to do. Oh yeah. But that's for sure going to happen. I really thought you were about to say, well now that terrifier <laughs> two has become such a phenomenon. I do think you got to get Arthur clown in the Oscars. somehow. sawing a woman in yes. half from the crotch yes. down. Yes. yes. And then he pulls out an Oscar or he's sawing an Oscar statuette in half Upside down. From the crotch down. From the down. crotch down, yes. yeah. Or you have, or you have Amy Schumer in that position, mm -hmm. and you got Art the Clown, and she's like, make some sort of joke. And it's like, yes. we know she's not going to get hurt. And it's about reproductive Exactly, yes. yeah. It's yeah. like, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, look, yeah, this, yeah. Is, this is where I have to go because of Roe versus Wade or whatever. <laughs> that... That's the that's this is the, where I have the, to go I now. I can't believe I can't believe this. You guys are giving this stuff away for yeah. free. Yeah, I listen. We want to see it. We'll get paid in <laughs> other ways. We're, we got no shortage of ideas, so we want to see that. We want to see Amy Schumer, Arthur Clown team up at the Oscars to you know advocate for uh, reproductive rights. And uh, I, I think yeah, that they got to get Arthur Clown on the Oscars. That I mean, that's the thing. Arthur Clown this week He's, is really it's it's cresting. He is becoming a full on pop culture figure. Mm -hmm. Are you guys? Uh, I want to get to the preview so bad about Terrifier too. Are you? Because it's going. Did I? Did you guys already say that it's? We didn't say anything yet. No. Sorry. Well, let's. We talked before we started. Well, so horror having a huge moment. You know, before we get into yes. this weekend. Um. You know. So I think we all loved barbarian mm -hmm. um yes. i liked smile i i, I yes. it's probably my least favorite of these three big october movies um but i i you were you were more of a smirk during i smile. was more of a, no I, I i yeah a grin i was a grin, a grin. no but i okay. i did like it i think what's what's really cool about this year's halloween box office is that we're seeing new and, you know, this is not just, yeah. you know, just Halloween ends doing well. It's not just like a remake of Texas Chainsaw Massacre open to 40 million. We're right. seeing new franchises possibly yes. start. I mean, the Terrifier 2 thing is just, you know, I'm sure I, I know you guys have been tutting it as such. It is unprecedented. It is unheard of what's going on with this movie. And it really... It tickles me in a way because this is a movie that I've always since the first one since I, I saw the first one in 2019 mm -hmm. when my former podcast co-host on the new flesh Joe Avella was like dude there's this movie you will not believe the lanes it goes and we had talked about it and of course 
I was like, this is a horror movie for all the people who say, oh, I can't believe they cut away from that kill. Mm -hmm. And then this movie is like, you know, you want to see that? Okay, here you go. And it just like makes you regret that decision. It's disgusting. I've never seen a kill that uh, fucked me up more than the saw in half kill in Terrifier 1. And um, that the sequel to that movie, which is almost double the length of the original. I love that. It's so long. playing in theaters nationwide. It's fucking insane. It's not a movie. Another thing I keep saying is it's not a movie for normal people. No, no. And I think you can both agree, right? But it kind of is. I mean, the I mean, the box- it's proving itself to be, yeah. which is also like it's kind of frightening me a little bit. Yeah. So it, the box office te- says so much about who we are as a people. And the fact that Terrifier 2 was probably going to end up around $10 million domestic says that, yeah, we that is who we are as a people. We're Art the Clown people. And with no... It's, no advertising. The, no marketing thing is crazy. Like, it really is just a complete groundswell of, like, word of mouth, William Castle-esque headlines about how people are vomiting and stuff, like really selling it to the mainstream. Like my parents heard of it by the end of the the second week of it being in theaters, just because of the, you know, the way the internet works and how it's satiated by things like headlines that say most depraved horror movie and people vomiting in theaters and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Like it has gotten such play that I'm surprised there hasn't been a Tucker Carlson or uh, Laura Ingram monologue about uh, art yet i think there will be right and and i i mean i hope they come out against it because i don't want to be on the same side oh my god imagine if they were for it they're like this movie rocks yeah yeah <laughs> I, I i i agree i think you'll you're gonna start getting that wave of you know what about the children art the clown needs to be oh stopped, yeah which it's, then only fuels yeah. the box office I mean, genuine concern for like a mad like the, the fact that this is just playing at the same theater that um, I don't know. What's a kid's movie that's playing right now? Lyle, Lyle, any? Crocodile. Yes. OK, so like someone could th- feasibly this could happen. This is a scenario that can mm. happen. A family could buy tickets for Lyle, Lyle, Crocodile and their kid could read the ticket wrong or, you know, not pay attention, walk into the wrong theater and see this fucking movie yes. and seeing any scene of this movie like I understand. It's one of those movies where, like, I'm waiting for the moral outrage to catch up with it because, Mm -hmm, like, mm -hmm. not that I'm like thinking it should happen or anything, but I'm just like, this movie is so in bad taste and it just feels like a crazy thing that it's just getting bigger and bigger instead of like um, getting like shunted to VOD because it was too much to handle. Instead, it's like, no, people like this shit. It's yeah, it's like theaters aren't taking it out of screens because of a moral outrage like that feels no. like something that could happen and yes. instead we're at this point where it's in 1500 plus theaters for halloween so yes there is going to be a lot of people that you would not normally see in a movie like this like watching a movie like this watching this movie yeah well yeah I mean, what was it like being in? A, I'm sure you talked about it. What was it like being in a crowd? Was it? I'm sure it was pretty packed. I've heard. I've heard it's always packed. It was a full house. We saw it uh, at a ten o'clock screening on a Saturday night, nine forty. I feel like they were only doing those at first. Well, yes. that's the other thing. This weekend, it's going into more theaters, but I would bet all of those theaters are going to show it more often, like a regular schedule. Yes. I think that's going to happen because in New York, it already in its what was that its second week last week or its third week? Its second last week. weekend was weekend three. Three. So okay. Yeah. So in its four. Wow. Yeah. So during the third week, I knew I know a lot of people who were like, you know, they went and saw there was a twelve fifty show in the at the AMC Village Seven in the afternoon. Wow. Like, you could have gone and seen it in the afternoon, and it was full. It was full then too. Yeah. So it's just wild that you could see it in the afternoon because I understand the it's only at uh, ten p.m. or later type of movie. That's how, again maybe I'm old fashioned. Maybe I grew up in the age when Comedy Central had to show the South Park movie unedited after yes, midnight. Yes, they know. could they mm-hmm. they could only show Madonna's Justify Your Love after midnight on MTV. <laughs> I mean, those <laughs> are the kind of things right. we live through, right? Exactly. So, but yes. is there because you mentioned something earlier? You were like, you're a little scared that maybe this is becoming too mainstream, and like. I would see. I would think you probably go to parties and you're hanging out and you're thinking, looking at people. I'm the sickest 
person in this room. <laughs> but now maybe you're not. Maybe maybe there's yeah, other sickos. I'm really having, yeah. Yeah, more sick than you. Yeah, I'm having a reckoning for sure of like looking around quizzically everyone around me like, are you a fucking sicko? Yeah. Like I, I should be handing out stickers for my podcast is what I'm thinking, mm-hmm. honestly. Oh, I mean, yeah. This, this weekend, we'll get to the box office predictions, but here's another prediction. If you go yeah. around the city this weekend... Halloween Art the Clown costume is oh. going to be oh. all over the place. And I don't yeah. know how I feel about that, walking out my door and seeing a lot of Art the Clowns. Walk. I, I think overall feels... Because it's scary. Because it's yeah. scary. He's, <laughs> oh, he is a... Yeah, he, yes. in the movies, is a killer. But he also was so gleeful and has brought me so much joy in the brief time I've known Art the Clown. I think overall... Yeah. If I'm on a subway coming back from somewhere this weekend at three o'clock in the morning and a couple of Arthur Clowns walk in, I'll see how I feel about that then. But I do think we're going to see a lot of Arthur Clown costumes. Yeah, I, I am blown away at the prospect of I can't I, all I can think of is like, what are they going to do for Terrifier 3? Is it going to be six hours? Like what, what could they possibly do to they up the ante so hard from one to two? I feel like three is going to be some un- unwieldy shit. Yeah. I, 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 yeah, I can't. I think go, my, yeah, my go three hours. My brain can't wrap around it. Go three hours, yeah, have sure. an intermission, you know, let people fill up on whatever they puked out and then come back. Oh, the yeah, theater. they should do it like a 70 millimeter Tarantino style road yes. with the third one. Well, yeah. you know, it's one of those things where I feel like Terrifier has already, Terrifier 2 has already kind of jumped over that hurdle that something like Human Centipede had. With so the second sure. film, I don't know how you guys feel about that second film, but it did get a lot of buzz. Uh, but I don't think it ever really got as much interest. It as never th- translated to no. yeah, it never right? translated. And then the third one was just kind of like a, a a disaster. And I don't think they're gonna go that way with this at all. I trust this creative team because they already made a leap in the narrative storytelling in this second one. And I do think yeah. the you know the third one the gore will be more it'll be longer it'll be a bigger budget I mean it's I mean that's the movie where everybody is just going to get their beak incredibly wet. So, so before we get into the preview, uh, one more big Halloween movie that I wanted to ask you about is Halloween. Halloween ends the third yeah. in the David Gordon Green trilogy. I mean, listen, th- this movie is a hit. Because it opened to what it opened to in the low forties, right? Forty lower than they want, like forty two or forty one so or something. Lower yeah. than they wanted, but based on the budget, this movie is going to be successful. That second weekend drop, though, is gigantic. Was it like 80? it was eighty? Yeah, which is eighty is near historic I mean, for a movie this size. What do you say? What do you think this tells us about? I mean, listen, what people felt about this movie and the divisive second film Mm -hmm. is what it tells me. And even more divisive third film, I think, is what it tells you. I think the word of mouth that came out of, you know, whoever saw it on Thursday and all the reviews, I think the really negative word of mouth had a my a small impact like i think they were what tracking it like 50 and it ended up doing like 40. So like I think that accounts for partially just like people a people burned by kills people who thought kills was horrible mm-hmm. and were like i'm done with this shit and then those so those people are like that's money from before that's not coming back mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. and then there's halloween uh the people who read the reviews or saw a friend or had a friend see it early and said it was bad and said i'll watch it at home on peacock because right. it's fucking there right and so yeah it's like two-pronged the word of mouth being bad and the peacock like just being there and anyone can just say fuck it so and find their parents it, peacock subscri- uh, login yeah so like the peacock thing and i just like everyone saw the movie i feel like like the movie got seen uh by everyone in my feed mm-hmm. uh, i'm sure it's self-curated bubble of horror people right but, right um so you're saying halloween like got seen by yeah. all the the people who listened yeah. to the new flash podcast people, yes all the people who were going to see it definitely saw it one way or the other so like it's always those things are always built to be front loaded in that way. I feel like right. horror movies are usually front loaded. Um, 
I know the first Halloween, it, each one of these did worse, mm-hmm. right? Like yeah. Halloween 2018 opened with like 70. I think it, and we I think were it all hit like, 80 opening weekend. That's insane. Yeah. We were all like, whoa, that's huge. Uh, there's there's an appetite for this. And then the second one was fifty like in the 50s, like 56 yep. or something mm-hmm. like that. Yep. And, you know, still very impressive, especially when you were like, this was a post-COVID and it was on Peacock then too. Right. So like that was shocking to me at the time. Um, so yeah, I'm not surprised that kills or that ends did, you know, what it did opening weekend and, you know, the 40, whatever it was, was nothing to shake a stick at either. It made its money. It made its Um, money. That's the thing is, and it's the last one. If there had to be a fourth one coming off of this, then I think they'd be in a bad spot because I think a fourth David Gordon Green movie could open in the teens based on how people felt about this. He definitely made it his own to like the detriment of a mainstream audience appeal. Like this, like, you know, these movies, the last couple definitely were not just like classic slasher sequel stuff. It was like David Gordon Green movies, you know, with Michael Myers thrown in. Mm-hmm. Like it's very theme heavy stuff. And I, you know, I'm a fan of the franchise and I'm a fan of David Gordon Green. So, like, it was kind of made for people like me, I feel like. I definitely really enjoyed it. But I could see, you know, them going, I don't know what they're going to do with the next one. Presumably, there will be a next one at some point. And, like, you think it's going to be some cheeky acknowledgement of the title being Halloween Ends, like Halloween Begins yes. or something. Again, yeah, uh, Begins Again. Yeah, Halloween Begins Again or something like It'll that. It'll be Kevin and, Smith's like, Halloween Reboots. Oh my God! Halloween reboots. That's a good idea. They should get Kevin on the horn. Mm-hmm. I mean, I I, I want to see what could. I appreciated the swings, man. David Gordon Green, uh, being involved was the most interesting thing that's happened to this franchise in a while. And like Halloween Ends, really just does a bunch of stuff that like the later Halloween sequels did, or like that like that that that, that they promised and didn't even follow through on, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. like. That Michael's, you know, this evil that is infecting other people and stuff. And I think ends like you can argue that it did a poor job of doing that stuff, but like it's it is doing all that stuff that a lot of people claim they wanted to see in the Halloween sequence. Mm-hmm. So now I I like it. Now as a, a gore hound, yeah. I I, I want to ask you because we did mention the peacock thing because this thing went day and day peacock, and peacock was trying to tout this as some sort of win for them. And I mm-hmm. think that's false because as as somebody who loves horror movies like yourself, if this movie was going to be spectacular, people knew it would be great or heard it was going to be great, they would go to the theater to be with like-minded gorehounds, yeah. right? And yeah. so now that this movie underperformed and they're saying, well, people just wanted Peacock, that's what they wanted. I think that's a lie, right? I mean, this yeah, is totally. it's, it's a total lie. And I feel like that's not being talked about enough is that you like this movie and there's people who did like this movie, but the broad consensus was that this is yeah. not what we expected and w- not what we wanted. Yeah, it definitely doesn't deliver on the like trailer promise of final showdown between Laurie and Michael, even though it does very perfunctorily yes. get there yes. in the final minutes. Yeah. But like it's not the movie promised by the marketing, which is, of course, what is partially led to that low cinema score and people not liking it. And just one of many. Yeah. Reasons and the reason why Peacock this did so well on Peacock is because those people who went out on Thursday night or went out on Friday yeah. morning, uh, they said, dude, don't waste your time. And so people went yeah. home and they watched it on Peacock. That's not anything about Peacock. That's bad word of mouth. Yes. And I think when you actually if you really like think about it go like they, they test screen the shit out of these movies like david gordon green has said as much and th- that means they know the, the re- what the reaction is going to mm-hmm. be far in advance of when it comes out and if you remember i definitely remember them saying kills will be on day and date peacock but don't worry ends will be theatrical yep. only they fucking said, they said that. It. they said that last year when kills came out it was definitely I don't know how off the cuff of an interview it was. I think multiple people involved said it. David Gordon Green, Jason Blum, whoever it was. They definitely said ends is going to be the theatrical showdown, not going to be on Peacock. And then it comes out very like a few like a month before it was going to come out. They were like, yeah, it's going to be on Peacock. Mm-hmm. And that to me indicated that they knew. I mean, you you saw the movie. Yeah, right. It's pretty clear from the opening fucking scene that this movie is not what people are expecting or going to want from it. So like it's 
makes sense to me that they were like, yeah, we can just do the Peacock thing again because they're kind of like hedging their bet, right? Like they're like, you can, we'll still get the people who want to see it in theaters. They're still there. But the bad word of mouth, instead of it just killing the movie entirely, we can at least get some people on Peacock. Like I told that you're, you're totally right. Yeah. There's the short version. Of and that. I also think the 76 million that the first Halloween in this trilogy opened up to set such a yeah. high expectation. That's such a huge number for a, a film it, uh, that's what it was like the 10th in the, the series or 11th yeah, in the series yeah. right i mean yeah. and a character that hadn't been around for a very long time in the popular consciousness i mean i guess there was the rob zombie movies but those were not well liked and i don't think very well remembered by no one thinks of that laurie strode yes you know? yeah no one thinks of those movies even though those both opened pretty yeah. decently like in the that's another thing or, like those, those movies, movies also did well big too i know yeah. i know it's 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 like the deja vu thing i talk about like we always forget like these movies always do well yeah halloween yeah, I mean, had the that, labor day record until shang chi took it right the one of the rob right. zombie uh halloweens had that yeah. record it had a record for a long time yeah yeah and and that's why no matter how much this movie disappointed the box office no matter how much people dislike this, it doesn't matter because it'll be rebooted yeah. in five yeah. years probably. And I, I think Halloween is in that premium A brand, you know, in a way that I don't know if Leatherface really is right now. Um, I think, listen, Freddy... That, that's the that's the one. They're, we're all waiting for Freddie to come back in a big way. Robert England is alive. There's no reason for them not to have like a marquee legacy sequel, Nightmare on Elm Street with real Freddy Krueger again. I, There's no reason not to do, do it. You, I don't know do what's going on. Do you do the the Spider-Man No Way Home version and you get a <laughs> new Freddy <laughs> and Robert England shows Jackie up. Earl Haley and Jackie Earl also. Haley shows up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, because everyone really fucking identified and loved the Nightmare on Elm Street with like what Rooney Mara is the lead in that. Yes, uh, it's weird to remember that she was lead in that. Um, I, I can't. I mean, I guess that's the the reason, right? They did reboot it, and nobody liked it. But like, but it that's was a all the hit. more reason. It was a big hit. Of course, it was. Right. They all again. Right. I mean, Ro always Freddy, Freddy's Freddy's the, the guy. Call. Freddy's the one that when they finally pull the trigger, that's a that's a $70 million opening weekend if they Dude, do it Dude, if right. the marketing is good, like, and I, I, yeah, you're right. 70 is about, sounds right to me. Like, that movie would open huge. Like, what did, what did Freddie Jason open with? Like, I'm going to look that up in the meantime while you guys talk. But yeah, I think that, that's the, that's the golden goose. I don't know how much juice Jason has. I think Leatherface has been well, tarnished. Th there's some pent Leatherface up has for, been... there's pent up for Friday the 13th, definitely. Yeah. The Friday the 13th stuff is all hung up in court. Like, that's the reason that one hasn't happened. But, like, apparently it's, like, being settled and could possibly happen. Freddy versus Jason made 82 domestic. I'm trying to find the opening weekend. I feel like it made... It probably made like, 40 because all those movies just fall off a cliff right yeah. away. So I, I would bet it opens yeah. at 35 to, like, 42 and then topped out in the, in the 80s. But... Uh, yeah. 36. Yeah. Yeah. That's, I <laughs> no. mean, that's, that's the, that's the golden one right there is when they figure out how to make a Freddy movie. I think you're right. I do think they've got to, if Robert England isn't the lead for the movie, there needs to be some involvement of him in this. And I do think a multiverse Freddy is not off the table because of how easy it would be to do that in the Freddy, you know, the, dreamscape or whatever. The dreamscape, oh, yes. God. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, uh, in the multiverse of madness, right. Freddy. Yeah, there's a million. Like, that's the most creative. Excuse me. That's like the most creative horror franchise out there in terms of like possibilities yes. of what you could do. And I think the sequels in that franchise absolutely have delivered on that premise in the past in amazing ways. And I think, you know, modern technology. You could do so many things, and I, hopefully, you want them to do all the practical '80s looking shit. Or at least I do. Right. But all you really need to make that movie work is have a good trailer and have Robert England back, and that movie's opens to seven yes. million dollars. Yes. Yeah. Well, You're do right. you have a, do you have a, a a dream creative team that would be wow. that would be in charge? Because obviously, Scream got rebooted without Wes, which was you know the the Radio Silence guys. 
And yeah. David Gordon Green, obviously, uh, doing the Halloweens. Is do you, do you have a dream list for the new Freddy team? The first person that comes to mind for like just like visual reasons is like Tarsum or something. Mm. Okay. Like Tarsum would be such a left field choice. Who knows if he has any interest in doing that? Mm-hmm. Uh, but that comes to mind. I'm really racking my brain. This is a great question, and I'm going to be thinking about it for a long time now <laughs> because that's like, yeah. If I were in charge at New Line at the the house that Freddie built, what would I? Where would I be putting my energy? Like, would a Safety Brothers Nightmare on Elm Street movie be any any good? Oh my right. god! I, I don't know if that's the right energy. Yeah. I feel like Tarsum's my answer, but I'm gonna th- I'm gonna think on it, and I'll. I'll get back to you. Uh, I I don't think this is a good choice, what I'm going to say, yeah. but like like the thing about, and we Clayton and I have rewatched some Freddy sequels recently. I watched three and four in the last couple of weeks, and it, it's amazing just how creative those movies are compared yeah, to other amazing. horror movies. Like they really yes. are the best horror sequels out there. Mm-hmm. Yep. And I love two. I love three. And, I love for <laughs> well they should get Rennie Harlan back or Chuck Chuck Russell yeah like any of these guys I mean I I'd love to see a like Charlie Kaufman scripted version of a Halloween of a of a Freddy sequel because it's just the things that you could do with these Freddy sequels yeah. these Nightmare on Elm Street sequels are so psychological in a way that you can't yep. do with Jason and Leatherface and Michael Myers yeah. you know like to have someone Christopher Nolan would be like a huge insane right big budget version right that would also be like kind of a sensibility but also would be like two all the dreams would have guys in suits in them it wouldn't be that interesting right mm-hmm. right uh and you wouldn't be able to hear what freddie's saying at all yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah you need the subtitles on the on the 4k yeah yeah you get oh, the, the the soundtrack would would be played louder than his quips so um <laughs> all right so guys i think we should look ahead to this weekend Halloween weekend for 2022, the weekend of Friday, October 28th. So we mentioned the new movie coming out this weekend is from Lionsgate. It's Pray for the Devil. It's about a nun and a possible exorcism situation. And do you guys feel like we're back in 2010 all of a sudden when every movie is a PG-13 exorcism yes, movie? Yes, absolutely. This was a phase. This was absolutely I a was phase. just going to say... And it's funny, David Gordon Green, his next big project is an Exorcist uh, 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 trilogy that he's doing. And what is the value? I mean, I know The Exorcist is one of the biggest movies ever, you know, Best Picture nominee and all that. But we have seen so many Exorcist ripoffs that no one cares about. That I always, I mean, I think like, what is the value of the exorcist name that he's doing that? I mean, that's obviously a far off question, but it's something like pray for the devil. We have seen so many exorcism of Emily Rose type movies. Yes. The devil inside Mm -hmm. Uh, the right. That one had uh, Anthony Hopkins in it. There's uh, the last exorcism and the last exorcism Two, which is one of my favorite horror titles ever. I love a last and then part two. Uh. Um, Always fun. And I think that guy directed this movie. Daniel Stamm directed Last uh, Last Exorcism. I'm not sure if he did both. He definitely did the first one. And he also directed Pray for the Devil. So he has a thing. Huh. Uh, he has a type of movie he likes to make. Uh, I'm trying to think of more specifically PG-13 horror movies. So far, they all have been PG-13 that I've named. Uh, Haunting in Connecticut. Yes. 2009. Mm-hmm. It's a Virginia Madsen. Uh, the Possession. That's 2012 with Jeffrey Dean Morgan and uh, that lead who I don't remember at all. And you could call the insidious movies exorcism movies if you wanted to. That's true. And the the Conjuring movies, or at least the yeah, those have exorcism. Yeah. Those are probably yeah. Though I mean, those are the best versions of these of these exorcism yeah. movies. But it is it is such a genre that never really connects but you got to keep trying because the exorcist they're all for me they're all like two to two and a half stars like not the most heinous thing i've seen that year so i always give it like an almost pass i feel like the last one i remember seeing was maybe like the 2015 the vatican tapes Mm -hmm. no there's definitely been one since then but the vatican tapes was like directed by like mark neveldine of the crank movies and uh definitely didn't live up to what that sounds like in any way oh yeah um, crank, i mean a full-on crank exorcist would be cool 
It would be awesome. It had its moments, though, of like shit like that. Yeah, yeah. I'm trying to think of there. I think there was one of these. I definitely like rolled out to a theater to see one of these like last minute, never heard of it exorcist movies in the past couple of years and it's right it's true i truly can't even think of the name i of believe so gonna, now correct me if i'm wrong but are you yeah. thinking of the unholy which the unholy which was has jeffrey dean morgan in it it opened oh my over God. easter yes and it had a virgin yes. mary type uh thing yes. to it and that movie opened to three million dollars now that was 2021 so it was a different time i was one of those three million dollars yes i went and saw that in a theater opening day but that very Absolutely. much has the sort of feeling that this does. same energy yeah yes so you're right it, it, it's 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 been like i guess it's never left like we still have the remnants but like there was a period i think it was like 2009 to 13 or something where like every third horror movie was about an exorcism and they're all about the same. Like it's always like a priest, the Vatican sent to a girl who's bending over backwards. And there's always like each movie has it's like set PC thing, right? Like the last exorcism I think was she bent over backwards, which is like, we've seen that already, by the way, they all, they all have nods (laughs) or just full on rip off a scene from the original exorcist. And, Pray for the devil. What I get from the poster, which is like has like a bunch of hair going into the mm-hmm. woman's mouth. Yep. And I attended the Brooklyn Horror Festival. And on opening night before the first movie, the guy was like, we don't have any trailers or anything, but this event is sponsored by Lionsgate's Pray for the Devil. So here's like a two minute clip from the movie. And it was the poster <laughs> clip. It was like mm-hmm. clearly the centerpiece sequence of the film with the mouth hair from this the girl's head going into her own mouth in like a possessy huh. CGI-esque way. I mean, <laughs> I will yeah. say hair in my mouth is I, I hate the uh, God, it the feeling of like finding a piece of hair in food. I get it. Yeah. It grosses yeah. me out, but it's not a movie centerpiece. Yeah. It's a thing that makes me like not want to finish this sweet green salad. <laughs> yes. Put them on blast. They're too expensive. Fuck too them. expensive. And if you, if I find hair in one, I'm not finishing it. But I'm also not going to see a movie because there was hair in someone's sweet green. Mm. <laughs> so true. Um. So now, have you seen this film, Brett? Because you, of course, also you know you you are a critic. You get you you do see movies ahead of time often. Have you I'm seen so this? glad you asked. I'm so glad you asked because now I get to tell you that I haven't. And I, as a film critic person. Uh, they're supposed, you know, we're supposed, we're, we're, we usually get access mm. to these things, but this is one of those situations where uh, radio silence mm. from the PR people, and I did even reach out and just didn't, didn't, didn't hear anything. Okay, so wow. I will be seeing it like everybody else Thursday at 6 p.m. is the first show, and me, and every time you go to one of those 6 p.m. shows of a movie like this. Half, I would say half the people, at least in New York City, are critics with little notebooks writing down their notes because they haven't seen it yet. Mm-hmm. And uh, they have to go see it at the first showing and they could rush to their deadline, especially if they're a newspaper. Right. They have to you know, get it in the Friday paper. And uh, if they don't make it available to critics, that's what they got to do. So uh, thankfully, it's at six, not at seven. Yes. Tomorrow. And appreciate that. And I, I mean, I get why movies hold off on having critics see it until the last moment when they have yes. a bad movie, but you're yes. also just setting yourself up for an even more negative review yes. when you yes. have a critic, A, have to pay to see it and also have to rush their review out because they're yep. going to go right to the puns. They're going to go, you know, <laughs> they're going to go right to the easy jabs. Yeah, they should. In those situations, they should screen it for critics and they should do one of those screenings, which like every now and then you'll go to a screening and they're like, here's, you know, unlimited free concessions from the yep. AMC. Like, we just bought it out for you. Yeah. And, like, that's the type of treatment they should give the bad movies. Yes. And like, so, it'd be like, this movie sucked, but did it? Because I had this delicious raisinette and popcorn combination. It's great. Yes. You know? So, do you think there's going to be a lot of headlines that are the devil in dash sigh? Like, do you think that'll <laughs> be one? Will that be yours? Well, now it will be. Yeah, I'm doing that for sure. I'm trying to uh, all, all I've been worried about is my sub Weird Al musical parody for this week on the podcast and what it's going to be. And it's clearly going to be a shout at the devil. Parody. Oh, it's so I've be. got that in, in my back pocket. Um, 
I don't know what to expect, man. I are you guys gonna see this? Are you gonna you can rely on my horror uh, I, credentials here? I can call in. I I mean I can't imagine I'm gonna see this in a theatrical run. Yeah, it doesn't there's, beg for it. I I just I I just there's too much that I would see ahead of this, and I think it'll be out of theaters in two weeks. Um, but yeah. I feel like it is a movie that I may end up seeing. Uh, but also, I, I this does feel like a movie I'll never, I may never see. And when you're guessing, prognosticating box office, that's not a good sign for how it's going to do. When you start to look at a movie and think, you know what, I may never see this in my like life. If I never see that, it's okay. Yeah, yeah. that right. and and so you're in the middle of you know the the gore hounds, the the hashtag horror lifestyle. Is there any yes. buzz for this from any corners of hashtag horror lifestyle? Um, no. And I tried to find reviews before I came on here to, to be more informed. And I can't find any that are written in English. Mm. Apparently, okay. it, has, <clears throat> it has opened in other, other parts of the world or at least has screened. Um, and I can just say that I haven't read. I haven't been able to parse any of the language because um I haven't thrown it through a translator or anything. Yeah, that's a lot. That's way too much work. It's a lot too much work for to pray for the devil. I do like the title that it's not, you know, it's not the prey you'd expect. Yes, it's 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 got that that hooks me. Yeah, that hooks me. And for the Um, first time I saw this, this trailer for the first few seconds when they showed the lead actress who's playing the nun, I said, is that Florence Pugh? So I was confused for a few seconds that I thought Florence Pugh was in the movie. She is not. It's not. She's not the lead. People got really mad at me when I spent a whole podcast calling her Florence Pug on accident. Mm-hmm. I didn't know that I, I was wrong. So good on you. I, yeah. I mean, I, I've, I've gotten a, Listen, we got a lot right here at the B.O. Boys. We got the vomit. We know how to pronounce Florence Pugh. But she is not in this movie. I don't think people are going to be confused long enough to think that she is. So... You know, the thing with this movie is that if anything, it could just benefit from like we talked about before, it's Halloween weekend. People want to see anything. Horror is just, you know, at the top of a wave right now. But all that said, I still can't see this. I mean, does could this movie make double digits at the box office this weekend? It can't, right? Mm, I don't think it's going to. I think it could like do seven or eight, maybe, but I don't think it's going to do more than that. Maybe even like four to five. Yeah, it's, right. Right now, it's it doesn't it's tracking yeah. five to ten million. Just to give you guys okay. an example, uh, I don't think ten is is doable. Not with the competition and not with with the lack of marketing outside of theatrical. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Everything about it looks like. Like if you told me this was sitting on a shelf since 2011 when they were doing these all the time, I would believe you. Like there's nothing about it that looks like, oh, this is like a recent. This is like a following a recent trend or mm-hmm. anything. It's just mm-hmm. like, yeah, let's do it. Let's try another one of those. It's it's about time for it's our yearly exorcism movie mm-hmm. time. Right, we got to do right. one, put it out in Halloween weekend. Hope it. I don't know what the budget was. It looks like it might have been more than. It's going to make. <laughs> it doesn't look like it was particularly cheap or anything. It doesn't look cheap, and it it no. should have been cheap. It looks like a real movie. Yeah. It looks like a real movie, which I worry about for the, for their sake. But I think a comp for it, you know, I mean, the this shows the strength of horror that you had something like The Invitation in late yeah. August of, you know, this year, this past August. And that movie opened to $6.8 million. With really nothing going for that it. feels like exactly what will happen here. Yeah, yeah. I, and I think I think they uh, to me that's the way to go because Halloween weekend is a better weekend than with the invitation open to. Um, yeah. So that feels about right, and it just shows the strength, the horror that people went to the invitation, even to the tune of six point eight million for a movie with no stars, no recognizable premise, no IP, dead end of summer, and. It still made that much. So I think Pray for the Devil probably gets around there. If that's the over-under, let's go around and do over-unders. Will Pray for the Devil make more or less than the $6.8 million that the invitation made? 
Oh, I think under. I think okay. under because the competition's too strong right now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you got Black Adam, which is going to probably repeat, right? And you've got Ticket to Paradise, which I'm sure you guys are hoping is going to hold over pretty strong. Mm. You've got Smile, which has been holding over. People, Halloween Ends will get a slight bump. I feel like it'll do better than it did last weekend, maybe. Or like just not have a hein- as heinous a drop. Maybe. I think maybe it won't have as it may, it may not drop eighty percent again. But yeah, yeah, I think I th- I don't think that's going to get a bump. I mean, I think the bumps that we're going to see this weekend are going to be for Smile and for Terrifier Two. Mm-hmm. Like I think oh, those yeah. are your Halloween bumps. Barbarian Terrifier Two is going to sneak into the top five finally. I think, and that's with it. It's going to be on Screambox as well, which is bloody disgusting streaming service. Mm -hmm. They finally, they've been like holding it, you know, like a carrot on a string for us. Like, when is it going to be on streaming? They kept, they kept delaying it because of how well it was doing in theaters. They finally said Halloween, it's going to be on there. Wow. So it's going to be, they're going all in, you know, they're doing it, but they're doing both. They're having it in theaters, Mm -hmm. uh, expanding at the widest it's ever been. It started in like 600 and then it went to 750, I think. And then, a thousand. It was supposed to be a thousand this weekend. Now it's fifteen hundred. Fifteen hundred. It's amazing. And w- yeah, and with the the streaming, I mean, everyone who wants to see this movie will be able to see it. This now, weekend. is it dropping on Screenbox on Halloween Day or or that Friday? Do you know? I'm assuming it's going to drop at midnight on actual Halloween. See, based that's, on what they said. I think that's that is great. such a smart move because then you yes. get people who are going to see it this week. It's so lucky for them that Halloween is on a Monday. I think it's perfect. Like, I think that's exactly why they did Absolutely. Yeah. That's so great. And then it's like people who are going to see it this weekend and then Halloween night, they're going to watch it at home. It's, I mean, and there's... Yeah, because it's a movie got to like show your whoever you think would like it and be like you're not going to believe this shit yeah. you got to like sit them down and watch it right, yeah, and right. similarly Barbarian dropped on HBO Max just yes. this past and it's like that's what you do now more people are going to watch that because it was a box office hit I mean that's yeah. so smart because now you got that that you can stay at home and watch or go watch after you went and saw Smile or went and saw yeah, Terrifier 2 they could surprise. They would be smart to surprise release Smile on Monday, like a little early. Yeah, it's not even that much earlier than they were going to. Probably, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it would benefit from it for sure, and it would still do well in theaters. Right. Oh yeah. Um. So let's let's uh in in terms of those other holdovers you mentioned, you did cover Black Adam on the new flesh. Um, Bambalam, yes, Black Adam. So it 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 was horror ish enough. That is another movie Clayton and I have not seen. Um. It seemed like you were. At best, mixed on that film. <laughs> yes, um, mixed to negative for sure. Based Did on, not enjoy it very much. So, would you? Would how do you think that bodes for the legs of this movie? I, I'm feeling you know a what? backlash against this movie. And Clayton, you said not from teens and tweens, not yeah, from younger it had, people. It, but, it had a good audience score, from what I understand. Mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. people liked it. If like I don't know what that means, audience score. I saw that written somewhere. Ninety percent audience score. Um, I think it will, you know, it's going to do what do these movies usually hold over at? I mean, like they the drop in the 60s just, or high 50s usually. Yeah. And that's if they're successful. Yeah, I, that that seems in the cards. Yeah, I don't think this is going to have a particularly good hold. Um, it doesn't seem like there's anything that people love about it. And there does seem to be a backlash to some degree not from the younger people, but from people in the more middle-aged range, which, listen, when it comes to a superhero movie, that is a segment of the audience. Mm-hmm. So if people in their 30s yeah. and 40s, if if podcaster-aged people hate this movie, there will yeah. be a dent in the box office because of that. Yeah, that's true. So Undeniable. So we'll see. Do we want to do our top five predictions for this weekend? Well, I think we should. And and, and, and sure. as our guest, would you like the honor of going first? Um, sure. Just the numbers are uh, uh, what I think it's going to make too. Well, I think I think if you you could go in order one through five, and for let's say black Adam and the new release, uh, pray for the devil. If you want to throw your predicted number on there. Okay. I think this weekend's box office. Number one is going to be black Adam, right? Mm -hmm. 
it's going to be Black Adam and Black Adam's going to make if it drops 50, 60 ish, let's say it makes 29. Mm-hmm. Okay. I think Black Adam's going to do 29. Yeah. I think Ticket to Paradise. Let's see. I think Ticket to Paradise is going to be number two with like, let's say 10. Okay, so that's a good hold you're predicting for Ticket to No, Paradise. actually, yeah, you're right. That's too good a hold. Maybe eight. Mm-hmm. I think eight. Eight sounds better. Sorry, I'm excited to do this now. I'm going to just do them all. Uh, Smile, I think, is going to hold in that third spot with like not that much of a drop. Like it's going to be like six million or something. And there maybe even, and then I guess right after that, number four, I think, is going to be Terrifier 2 with like like 3.8 million or something. And uh, number five, oh, I forgot about Pray for That's, the Devil, we, which is supposed so to be It's so easy in there. to forget about Pray for the mm-hmm. Devil. <laughs> it really goes to show. I was like, yeah, you're right. It is embarrassing how easy it is to forget. I would slot that in there. I think it's going to do around around seven. So where would that put it? So that would be that third. So I guess then you're looking at that as three or four. Yeah, three, and then smile, and then um, terrifier. So terrifier does sneak in at five. Yeah, I mean, I I I think the two slam doinks are Black Adam at one and terrifier two at five. I mean, I agree. Okay, I'll I'll go next. I mean, I think you I think you pretty much nailed it on Black Adam. I could see it being in the high twenties too, um, yeah. which is it's a big drop, but I, that feels right. I don't think this is going to make thirty million this weekend. Um, Here's what I could see happening. I'm going to go a little funky at number two. I think Smile could have a bump this weekend and maybe not even drop at all. Maybe make around and go to number two because I do think Tickets to Paradise is going to have like a 55% drop, which puts it in the seven. So I'm going to go Smile two, Ticket three, and then... Pray for and terrifier two five. I I I'm but yeah I'm gonna I'm gonna say smile has this weird capitalize on the weekend bump and beats ticket to paradise. Yeah, so I, I mean I agree. Black Adam number one slam doink, uh, and I can't really see this. Th- I mean I don't think this is gonna have like a seventy one percent drop. Sixty does make sense to me, so I agree. High twenties for this thing. Tickets of Paradise might suffer from what I thought it was going to suffer from the first weekend is older people staying away from the theaters because young people are going nuts over these horror movies and they just mm. don't want to have to deal with it, right? They don't want to be sawed in half. They don't no. want to be sawed in half. They Yeah, they don't want Art the Clowns jumping up behind them and, and taking a piece of their popcorn and getting blood all over it. So I do think... I do agree. I think Smile is going to be the number two movie in America. Wow. wow. And then I say Ticket to Paradise, number three. Then I say Pray for the Devil. I think Pray for the Devil is going to make six or seven. Mm -hmm. And then number five, I mean, now Box Office Pro has Terrifier 2 making only 2.4. That's low. I, I that's so low, and there's yeah. no way for them to track this because they just right. don't know. So I yeah, you can't track the groundswell word of mouth. Mm-hmm. That's you can't, and, and and like everybody has been saying, this thing is peaking. It's Halloween. This thing is going to be number five. Now, do we have numbers in our heads that we think it's going to do? Do we? I think, think it'll this... do over three. I think Terrifier Two oh, is going to do over three. I think it's going to do over. I mean, it could it could do over five. It's possible. I mean, here's the thing. If it does do over five, then it does have a chance of beating Pray for the Devil because that's going to be an audience that is deciding to not see Pray for the Devil and to see Terrifier 2 instead. There is a universe in which Terrifier 2 gets to number four this weekend. You know what? Here's the thing then. You guys went number five. Then here's what... Here's what I'm going to do. Okay, I love it. Ooh. I'm going to go number four, because why not? Nice. Number four, and then Pray for the Devil, number five. So Terrifier 2 is going to make enough money to be the number four film in all of America. Yeah. Just unbelievable. In Canada, so yeah. North America. 
so cool to see Bloody Disgusting among the distributors on the numbers.com. Right. They have one film. Yeah. And it's Terrifier 2. They are in between Sony Pictures and Warner Brothers right now. <laughs> it's beautiful. I love it. I mean, there is there the hashtag horror lifestyle is maybe stronger now than it has been in a long time. Yeah, man. I have friends who have podcasts over there. I've unsuccessfully tried to sell mine to them years and years ago. Uh, it's amazing. Well, good for them. They're going to be flush with cash now, so it <laughs> might be time to give them another ring. Well, the, yeah, they can't afford. I us. was going to say they finally meet your quote. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Um, so, Brett, could you tell us what? Could uh, listeners, what could our wannabe old boys, wannabe old girls, wannabe old people, people look forward to when they now, if they haven't already, go over and subscribe to the new flesh? What, what have you had recently? What do you got cooking up? Oh, man. We are about to do the Hellraiser franchise, which is something we've already done on the show in its first year, which was like seven years ago now, uh, with my old co host, Joe Avella, but my current co host, Jesse Hassinger until the new Hellraiser had never seen any of them. So he watched the original and the new one. So we're going to double back, talk about the original, and then go through all, what, nine other ones that vary in quality very heavily. (laughs) And I remember it being quite an ordeal the first time we did it. So I'm excited to do that. Uh, We did have our Halloween Ends episode with Louis Peitzman, who has talked about all those movies with us on the show. Uh, Terrifier 2, Joe Avella came back from the dead. He's been dead to us. Uh, and now he's alive again to do Terrifier 2, which is on the Patreon now. But I promised I would put it out on the main feed when the movie was streaming. So that'll be on the main feed on Halloween. Oh, I love it. You, yes. you, you make, you make that money and then you, then you get the, you up the viewership on Monday on Halloween, but you get that weekend box office. Absolutely. Yeah. So we're doing that. And the Patreon, we're doing uh, uh, October uh, Horror Awareness Month on the podcast, uh, on the Patreon, where we're basically covering just every other thing that's not like a main event marquee horror film that's in theaters. We're talking about mostly streaming stuff. We'll be talking about the Guillermo del Toro uh, Cabinet of Curiosities movies that are on Netflix now. And just all the other horror stuff that's not quite main feed material, like Run Sweetheart Run on Amazon on Friday. Um, we're just constantly covering stuff. So if you're into the horror genre, definitely uh, check us out. And I also have another podcast because I'm crazy uh, where I just review all the movies out in theaters every Friday. Siskel and Ebert style oh, with great. another film critic named Mark Dusick, who's wonderful and reviews every movie that ever comes out every week. I don't know how he does it. It's it's freakish, honestly. It's amazing. Uh, so we talk about every movie that comes out that I also see. So I do like half the work he does for sure. Um, but yeah, I, I talk a lot. So there's a lot of that out there if you're interested. I love it. It's great because a listener could find it, subscribe, and they've got years worth of stuff to catch <laughs> up on. Yeah, tons. Uh, well... Thank you so much, our resident horror correspondent. I mean, we needed you now when you delivered. You, you, you got us through the, what is an amazing time for horror at the box office. And people, they'll be stunned. Like you said, they'll be stunned. I can't believe horror movies. Meanwhile, you look at it. Goddamn Candyman remake made $23 million opening weekend mm-hmm. in the pandemic summer. It's Horror is... Never going anywhere. The most dependable, bankable, sure thing at the box office ever. And like, you know, you got to market it and stuff, but do it. And sometimes you don't and you get terrified too. You know, that's how strong horror is. Sometimes you don't even have to market it. So, so true. All right. Well, thank you, Brett. Uh, everyone go listen to the new flesh. It is a great podcast. I, it's a muscle listen for me every week. So if oh, it's a muscle listen so for me, then it's gotta be a muscle listen for you. So Clayton, I think we did it. Obviously email us at the BO boys podcast at gmail.com. We love getting your emails, you know, a lot, a lot of great predictions, a lot of great boots on the ground reports from terrifier Two. Yeah. Follow us on Twitter. Now we have, yes, uh, yes. 
And you know the name. You know you know the address of our Twitter, right, Pat? It's at the Bo Boys Podcast. It is run by. Let's give a shout out to. He is doing great work already. Just one week into his internship, Brett Art the Clown. Well, we have he he he's <laughs> going to see Art the Clown this weekend. Oh. Our wanna bo intern, Chris. Chris Christopher. Yeah. So we do. We have a we have a wanna bo intern now. He's running our social media. He's making these audiogram clips of the show, and he has promised us that he is going to see in Altoona this weekend a screening of Terrifier 2, and he's going to give us a vomit report. So, Christopher, thanks for doing that. Thanks for running our social media. Follow us at the B.O. Boys Podcast. Email us. at the B.O. Boys Pod. At the B.O. Boys Pod. Yeah, I was going to say, that's a very long handle, you yes. guys. At the, you know what? It'll be in the show notes. It'll be in yeah. the show notes. But yes, <laughs> at the B.O. Boys Pod. Um, and Chris is doing great work there. And Clayton, I think we did it. We definitely did it. And there's nothing left to say. No. Except until next time. We'll smell you at the box office. Nailed, Nailed it. it.